friends, welcome to the Youth Ministry 101 podcast, a podcast where you can hear tips and tricks and stories to help reach youth in your life, parish, and school to share the love and joy of Jesus Christ and his church. My name is Matthew, and I am joined here by... Julia. And Garth Pereira. And Garth Pereira. Garth Pereira is our... Um, our guest today on the podcast. Garth, could you just introduce yourself, what you do, what your position is with NET? Yeah. Sure. Um, my name is Garth Pereira. I am the program director for NET Canada. Um, and I oversee the evangelization efforts for the most part with, of our NET missionaries. So oversee the work of the teams, where they go, uh, their training, their formation. Um, yeah, in a nutshell, so I oversee the supervisors that oversee them and, and we, uh, we run the training program. Cool. It's mm. like the head honcho. No, I wouldn't say that. But <laughs> the just, there, there are many heads. <laughs> I had an experience a long time ago uh, at EWTN. I, I spoke on Life on the Rock a long time ago. Cool. And uh, yeah. they gave us the Eucharist beforehand, but we can cool. still say a prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they had a priest there. They, before each each session, they would give people, if they hadn't gone to Mass, they would give them wow. the Eucharist, which is like, oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when Mother Angelica well, was still there. Like under the table. Here's the- <laughs> <laughs> We're about to start our podcast. We're rolling in five minutes. Would you like confession or the Eucharist or both? Is Padawan from Star Wars? <laughs> yes. From Starbucks? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Okay. Why were you thinking of a, a joke with Padawan? No. <laughs> okay. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Okay, should I, should I do the um? Oh, for we the could. thumbnail for the thumbnail. <laughs> Just pose. You're not doing it, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> How's our volume? Volume is good. Volume is good. Yeah. I have. Is that a mixer? A little mini it mixer? It's a. Oh, it's so cool. It's a Zoom Podtrack P4. Ooh. Check this out. <laughs> no way. Oh my gosh. Wait. Welcome. No, no. Welcome, <laughs> Julia Carvalho. Hello, Ottawa. <laughs> Somebody loves the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Today we're going to be talking about um, building leaders within your youth ministry, and I think it's. I'm very honored to have Garth on today mm-hmm. because Garth is a developer of lead, leaders within mm-hmm. Net, especially. Um, so I'm really excited to hear your thoughts today on the topic. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Matthew. Yeah, before we get into that. A huge thank you to our supporters and co-missionaries of Net Canada. We could not do what we do without you, and so thank you so much. If you are interested in becoming a co-missionary and you're not already one, please visit netcanada.ca to learn more. Awesome. Thank you, Julia. You're welcome. So the first question I have, this is a vague question, but why, why is leadership important? Boom. General question. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you might always want to look at it as uh, what if we didn't have any leaders? What would the world look like? Mm. You know, it'd be one, you know, there'd be a lot of busy, busy people, you know, but mm-hmm. would they actually be very effective or accomplish anything? Mm. You know, mm. uh, leadership rallies people together. Um, think of like, you know, a, a rowing team, you know, in a canoe. And if everybody is in that canoe and they're all doing their own thing and they're all trying to row and I'm going to go in this direction, I'm going to go in this direction, I want to go here, I want to go this way, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to put a lot of effort into something that doesn't take you very far. And sometimes without leaders, that's what it can feel like. Um, Another example I think of, you know, um, is if you're you're in a a forest and you're clear cutting in a forest and you're working away and you're hacking away and and you're busy and everybody's doing their own thing. You know, but, it, and somebody says, like somebody climbs up a tree and looks up and says, whoa, 
guys, we're, we're, we're in the wrong, we're in the wrong jungle. <laughs> we're in the wrong forest. The people down there are like, no, you be quiet. Stop talking to us. We're, we're working hard. We're making progress. Look how much work we're doing. But it takes a leader to see the vision the, mm -hmm. of where you're going, make sure you're in the right place. Like the work you're doing isn't misplaced. Mm. Not to mention leadership is, um, I mean, especially in the church is huge. Uh, I've often heard it said that leadership is influence. Mm -hmm. Nothing more, nothing less. I do think there is more to it than that, but influence is huge. Mm -hmm. And they say in the church, um, leadership is the place um, where leadership is tested in its most rawest form. Because in the church, you have a lot of volunteers you're working with, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, most people that are helping out in the church, they're not being paid for it. Mm -hmm. And you have nothing but your influence. You know, you can't, if people, if people are underperforming or not doing what they're supposed to do, you can't say, well, I'm just going to dock your pay or, you know, you're mm. going to get some no vacation time for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you have your influence. And mm -hmm. that's why it's so important, especially in the church, to raise up good leaders and people who know how to lead. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we are in a lack of that. Sometimes we have great leaders in it, but that's, to me, impresses upon us the importance of leadership, especially in the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and more so now, like now today, more than ever, I think we need like great leaders in the church. Yeah, and absolutely. It's becoming increasingly evident. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I noticed you had a few quotes from, was it John C. Maxwell, Leadership is Influence? Is that from yes, that's from Max, John Maxwell, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's a great, lots of great leadership resources. Also, I wanted to mention to you, Garth, uh, if you have any resources you want to mention um, to our listeners in the podcast there'll be like a, a point afterwards when we can talk about resources sure yeah. and i'll put them down in the show notes great so great. yeah there'll be links you can click awesome um, i want to walk through the like the process that we have on on net with like net training and how we use net training as a place to develop people into leaders mm -hmm. um yeah first of all i just like want to talk about like your experience because you did net a few years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, if I'm not mistaken, with your father. Yes, <laughs> my dad was on your team. Yeah, it's... shout out to Kevin Bettler. Yeah, <laughs> you made it on the podcast, Dad. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but I want to talk about like what what was your experience on net and like how did you grow as a leader when you did did net? Hmm. When I first did net, I didn't look at it as a place where I would grow in leadership. That wasn't my my purpose. Now it was an effect an after effect of what I experienced through NET. Mm. Um, when I first came onto NET, actually, it was at the prompting of my spiritual director. I was going to become a musician. I had all my audition dates set up. I was going to become a jazz musician. My spiritual director said to me one day, Garth, you really want to be fiddling while Rome is burning? <laughs> and nothing against music and going into music. Mm -hmm. But he just saw that I had a, mm. a different calling, and it confirmed what I was feeling in my heart. Mm. Now, when I came to NET, um, you know, I think... We have different levels of leadership, mm -hmm. but everyone influences someone. And so everyone in a different degree has to learn how to influence, how to be a person of influence, how to be a leader, whether it's a small group leader, whether it's a retreat leader, whether it's a leader of volunteers or whether it's a leader of your own team. Mm -hmm. So we, everybody is a leader in, in a different sense. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So how did you like, because you said you went on net, not really intending for that purpose. Um, were you like ever a team leader on, on your year or how did you see yourself grow in that capacity? Yeah. Um, on my last year on net, I was, I was a team leader. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was not team leader my first year, and I'm very glad I wasn't because I was just fresh out of high school, <laughs> and I don't think I was ready for it. And yeah. after going through a year's experience mm-hmm. of seeing what it's like, uh, for some people, after they see what it's like, like they want to run the other way. I don't want to be a team leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody that first comes on net says, I want to be the team leader. And then other people after a year are like, no, not for me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> yep, that was me. But, uh, no, but uh, my experience as a team leader is something that um, I cherish deeply. Mm-hmm. I learned so much. Mm-hmm. And I felt at that point in time that I was more prepared than ever before. I had led many retreats, and I loved leading retreats. And I loved seeing the influence that I could have over young people, um, seeing lives change, even in the midst of, of one day, mm. you know, yeah. and over time. What I've grown to love even more, though, is seeing the impact of our own missionaries and see when they come onto net at the very beginning and see the transformation when they come back at the end of the year. Oh my gosh, yeah. It is, mm-hmm. it makes everything worthwhile. And then even more so hearing from them as net alumni years down the mm-hmm. road, and just hearing how it's impacted their marriage, their vocation, uh, everything in their life. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you mentioned um, like influences leadership. How would you say, um, like, how do you mentor somebody like in, in terms of like positively influencing them? How do you mentor people in leadership? What's the best way to go about doing that? Well, the first, be- the best way to do that, first of all, is example. You have to. You know, even we say this with, with our men and our formation of our men. A lot of times people say, you know, just man up, be a man. You need to be a man. But if they don't know what a, a real man looks yeah. like, if they never had a good example of that in their own father or their own life, mm-hmm. well, well, how do they know how to be a man, how to yeah. be a good man? So we have to show them what is a good man, what makes a good man. Mm-hmm. Same thing for leaders. Yeah. If they've never been around good leaders, then we have to show them, well, what is a leader? What kind of leader makes a good leader? And our first primary example of that is Jesus. It's Christ mm-hmm. and how he led. He's the ultimate leader, of course, and he really is the leader of everything we do. Mm. Um, yeah, but our, how do you mentor them? I think one of the first things you do is you focus on character. Mm-hmm. Even before that, I'd even say uh, a desire for holiness. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to be a good leader and you don't have, and, and you're especially you're in ministry and you don't have, you're not growing in holiness and you don't have a desire to grow in holiness, then what are you doing there? You know, you're just learning a bunch of skills. Leadership's not just about a bunch of skills. It's about it's about character, about, per, mm. about a, a person of character. There's a great book by Alexandra Havard called Virtuous Leadership. Oh, man. My younger brother just told me about that. Like, oh, yeah. Years ago, yeah. Mm. Oh, you should, should read his excellent mm. book. Yeah. yeah. He focuses on two particular virtues in leadership. He, uh, one is humility, and if I can say this correct, um, magnanimity. Magnanimity, <laughs> yes. yes. They're not mutually opposed to each other. Mm-hmm. In fact, you could be mag- have, be magnanimous mm-hmm. and humble at the same mm-hmm. time. But we're talking about true humility, not mm-hmm. not a false sense of humility. Yeah. What yeah. is magnanimity again? <laughs> well, for simplicity, it's it's kind of it's 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 um it's, it's boldness, it's not being afraid of who God created you to be and mm-hmm. living to that that potential, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or Father Mike Schmitz has a video on it. That's yeah. where I learned about it. I'm going to use this word all the time now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people can think, well, if I'm, uh, if I'm using the gifts God gave me, if I'm magnanimous, if I'm a person that's mm-hmm. even upfront, or, well, then, then I'm not being humble. So I have to be mm-hmm. humble. But that's a false sense of humility because humility is simply acknowledging that which is true, you know, or as C.S. Lewis put it, um, it's not um, thinking less of yourself. 
is thinking of yourself less. Mm. Mm. So it's that funny thing with humility where mm -hmm. as soon as you grow in humility, as soon as you recognize it, you're not growing in humility anymore. Mm. <laughs> in fact, I got, a, I got a certificate once an award for at the end of the year for a virtue. It said, yeah, for, for humble leadership. And I'm like, great, I'm going to put this on my wall. Look, I'm a person of humility. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a certified humble person. That's right. <laughs> humility is recognizing truth, though. So it is. You could put it on your wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. true. I have That's a little true. story, actually, yeah, about... Yeah. Um, mentor and, and leadership. Um, yeah, one of my supervisors at work, some of you may know him, Garth Pereira. Oh. Um, <laughs> something he, he did with me when I first started with NET was um, I would run to him like a little eager beaver with lots of questions, I'm sure you remember, and, mm -hmm. and Garth would stop me in my tracks and just say, if, if I asked him, Garth, what, what would you do? How would you handle this situation? And he would just flip the question back to me and say, Julia, what would you do? And I'd be like, ah. <laughs> um, and then, little by little, um, I would sit at my desk and I would have those same questions and I'd hold myself down and say, Julia, what would you do? And sometimes bring Garth a number of solutions and then he would simply validate or tweak what I already come up with. And not only did that make your job easier, it at the same time empowered me mm -hmm. in my own leadership and, and that's something that I use to this day with the people that I supervise letting them know they already have the answer. Mm -hmm. and, and that's just such a simple trick yeah. that has transformed my life. Thanks. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah absolutely. It's, it's, um, leadership isn't about, okay, having, I'm the control mind, mm -hmm. the hive mind that knows everything. Mm -hmm. You just come to me and I'll tell you, give you a task and you go do it. When you're done, mm -hmm. come back to me, I'll give you the next task. Mm -hmm. Leadership is giving away authority, mm -hmm. giving the people stewardship over something. So it's, it's, it's not this whole, um, I'm going to do, I, I'm the one ultimately in control of everything. And you're just, you're just kind of my little uh, gopher, you know, in fact, that's called gopher delegation, which is not an effective form of delegation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, what's his name now? Um, Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey talks about the importance of stewardship delegation, mm -hmm. giving somebody stewardship and owning something. And there's dignity in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you want to empower leaders. Learn to give stewardship delegation. Give them ownership of a task. Mm. Now, there's a whole lot more I can teach you if we had another session about how you go about <laughs> doing that. But yeah. in essence, leadership is not you control everything and everybody is just comes to you. It makes you feel good. You can also get overwhelmed by that. Mm -hmm. And you also put a, a lid on your potential as a leader as well and your effectiveness. Mm -hmm. You asked earlier, why, why is leadership important? Mm -hmm. You can get, you can be effective but when you increase your leadership ability, you exponentially increase your effectiveness mm. because now it's not all on you and mm -hmm. it just grows mm -hmm. when you empower other leaders. Yeah, and you're growing other leaders in that process. Yeah, yeah like absolutely. You're teaching them how to lead, by mm -hmm. example. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Actually, from John Maxwell, mm -hmm. we, have, oh, I teach, we talked about this during our team leader training, but he talks about the five levels of leadership. Mm -hmm. um, and then the first level of leadership, which is, as you go up the levels of leadership, you increase in your your um, your influence increases, mm -hmm. and your your uh, your effectiveness increases. But the higher you go, the longer it takes to get there. But the first level, which is the lowest influence, is positional leadership. Mm -hmm. Your title. So if your title is you know I, I'm the leader, I'm the team leader, I'm the boss. Follow me because I'm the boss, and I, you ha I have the title, so you got to do what I say. Assistant mm -hmm. to the regional manager, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is a, that is the lowest level leadership. And nobody wants to follow that kind of leader. Just look at the show. Yeah. <laughs> but the next level of leadership, and this is one that often people don't think of, mm -hmm. um, is 
permission-based leadership or also called relational leadership. Mm -hmm. That means now I take an active interest in you and you personally. I want to get to know you. I want to show that actually you are the most important. I care about you individually as a person and I want to take time to invest in that. Unfortunately, there's this, this paradigm that people have that you know, if you're the leader, you got to be separate from everybody else. You got to be at the top, you know, mm -hmm. and you can't get to know them too well because they won't respect you. Mm -hmm. But the opposite is true. Mm -hmm. The more you get to know them, the more you invest in them, the more they know you are concerned and care about them, mm -hmm. the greater they'll follow your leadership and your influence. Mm -hmm. And the third level of leadership is um, production. And that's okay. So now I'm going to follow you, not just because you have the title and not just because you care about me and have a relationship with me, but now that by following what you are, the direction you're giving me, I actually see what's produced. I see that we're actually making traction. We're getting somewhere. You know, it's, it's production. It's the, um, when you can cast a vision and show me where I'm going and by following you, we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the third mm. level of leadership. Yeah. And the fourth level of leadership is people development. Mm. And so in order to, as you also increase your value as a leader, your, 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 um, your ability to influence others and to, and to basically move things forward, You've also got to be making leaders of others mm -hmm. and everybody. So everybody influences everybody. And again, you can continue to expand on your, your effectiveness. It's mm -hmm. not about efficiency. It's about effectiveness. Mm -hmm. And the last level of leadership is personhood. And that takes a whole lifetime to get there. It's the one level of leadership you don't put yourself on. Others put you on. Mm. People, mm -hmm. I think, of St. John Paul II, St. Mother Teresa. Mm -hmm. you know? How is leadership relevant to youth ministry? Oh, absolutely relevant to youth ministry. Mm -hmm. um, people are looking for leaders. Mm -hmm. In fact, even in youth ministry, if you want to be effective with the young people, if you can identify their unspoken leaders, because people often rally around somebody, mm. you know, and when you win over those leaders, um, then you have an even greater impact on others. Mm -hmm. But also the, you know, it's, it's kind of like if you have... Um, junior soccer, like a little league soccer. You know, you ever watch that? You know, it's like one mass clump of kids following a ball around the whole, you know, the whole area. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but once they, once you have a coach and you start, they start coming up with a strategy mm -hmm. and maximizing, okay, you stay here, you're in this area here, and they actually can maximize with less effort, get there faster. Mm -hmm. In youth ministry, you also need leaders as well to maximize the volunteers that you have. And, and not to mention, more often today, we're looking at, a, we've been using the term accompaniment. Mm -hmm. Young people looking at somebody who will accompany them at a, at a mentor. That, that, that has more impact than these big, huge rallies that people come to that are exciting. Mm -hmm. But people, young people, more important, they want that one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. accompaniment with somebody. Mm -hmm. So it's important to establish, uh, form leaders to do that with young people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think that, like, becoming a leader is a natural born talent or is it something that can be learned? Okay, well, that's an interesting question. <clears throat> First of all, I have six children. I've been to the hospital six times when my wife gave birth. And every single time I went there, we saw, it's a boy, it's a girl. It was never, it's a leader. <laughs> okay. So are leaders born? <laughs> well, the, the truth is, yes, there are people that have natural leadership ability right from the get-go. Mm -hmm. But that does not necessarily mean you're going to be an effective leader. Mm -hmm. And anybody, and in fact, everybody can grow in their leadership ability. Mm -hmm. If you have natural leadership ability, you have natural influence, and there are people that are like that all around. Mm -hmm. That's great. But don't stop there. Start increasing, improving, becoming a better leader. They say when, when the leader gets better, 
everybody gets better. Mm. And so absolutely anybody can grow in their leadership ability. And everybody should grow in their leadership ability. Mm -hmm. Again, John Maxwell in the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, he talks about the law of the lid. And the law of the lid is where you, you put a, l a lid on your leadership growth and you just stop there and you stop growing. Mm -hmm. We want to remove that lid and you are leading, you're, you're growing in leadership all your life. You'll never stop learning about mm -hmm. how to grow in that area. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. I, I want to talk a little bit about how net training, like when we have fall training and the new missionaries join in, um, they're signed on and they're ready to get put onto teams rather than just sending them off on a teams right away and like going to proclaim the word mm -hmm. and go change lives. We have them there in the retreat for like a month and a half, like yeah. a long amount of time. Mm -hmm. And we develop them in ministry with tools and like as leaders during that time. Um, so I want to talk a bit about like teaching within mm -hmm. that and like, yeah, so the natural model of, of training with, with net training, of, like, building leaders. Um, do you have any, like, curriculum or any processes that you've seen work with, like, developing leaders? Because, like, a month is not a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm imagining, like, if somebody's listening to this and they, you know, want to put their, their youth volunteers through, like, a leadership program, like, I don't have a lot of time. What can I do? You know, mm -hmm. what, what are some good places to point them to? Well, first of all, I'll just tell you our, our process. Mm -hmm. Now, it is about, you know, a little, about approximately six weeks. And it's, it's literally like a spiritual boot camp. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. uh, it's intense. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. It's challenging. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the foundation that produces our net missionaries. And people often ask, like, all the time, people are drawn to our net missionaries saying, I, I want to be just, I want to, I want to meet the team. I want to be around them. There's something magnetic about them. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was at one Christian camp uh, several years ago and they had asked, um, she had just been impressed at just the dynamism of our net missionaries. And it was a retreat we were putting on for ourselves. We weren't doing anything for anyone else, but she was just impacted by the, the nature of these people. And they said, how do you do it? How do you form these people to be like this? Um, obviously, it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we cooperate with them. But the way we really approach it is, first of all, it's, it's not about skills. I mean, that's the first thing I think mm -hmm. people think of right off the bat is, teach me how to give a good talk. Teach me how to relate to young people. Teach me how to lead a small group. Teach me uh, about the youth culture. Those are all very important things. But it's not the most important, and it's not the foundation that we build it on. In fact, my first year on NET... I remember going through training and we spent several weeks and we didn't touch anything about the practicals of giving talks and, and running retreats or youth ministry. And I was wondering, are they going to teach us anything about that? Like, it's great so far, but when are we going to get to this other part? Mm -hmm. In hindsight, I realized how foundational the first part was, which really focuses on, we start with our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Because we, we can go into all the skills we want, but if, our, if we all come together and we have distorted notions about who God is, who God the Father is, that maybe even impaired our own relationship with our own Father, you mm -hmm. know, that, yeah. that could affect how we look at God the Father. We, you know, understanding uh, uh, who the Holy Spirit is and what kind of role does he have in our life. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Have they had a personal relationship with Jesus, you know? We need to focus first and foremost on, we start with our relationship with the Lord. So we start with the vertical dimension mm -hmm. and uh, uh, we call that elevate. And so with that relationship with God. And then we've moved to, in that Elevate section, we learn about who we are, 
our identity. Our identity is mm-hmm. sons and daughters of God. Not, our identity is not in our ability or mm-hmm. what we can do yeah. because that can be taken away. Yeah. But who we are, our inherent dignity and our worth, where that comes from. So we spend a lot of time understanding what that is, understanding what a man is, understanding what a woman is. We separate the men and the women for our men's and women's retreats. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's an intense time. Um, can't tell you any of the secrets. You know, it's kind of like the Matrix. Matrix apparently is coming back. You know, <laughs> yes. No one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to experience it for yourself. <laughs> no one can be told what net training is. You have to experience it for yourself. Apply today. <laughs> yes. Don't take the blue pill. Okay. Um, so we focus on that for the first part. And then we move to what we call expand. And expand is then looking at the community. So now we understand, have a correct understanding of who we are in relation to God, in our identity. Then we start to build what we call the brotherhood and the sisterhood, have a healthy way that men can relate to men, women relate to women, men and women relate to one another in a healthy way. Um, And we start to build the team the community, the community forms. We learn community building skills. Mm-hmm. How do you resolve a conflict? How do you have proper communication with each other? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you have positive upbuilding speech? So we go into all of that, and that's a very important part of training as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So by this point in time, we're already talking about, you know, the third week of training, you know, because mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time developing these other areas. Mm-hmm. And then we get into ministry development, ministry training. Mm-hmm. So now that you've had that foundation, You've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now we move into how do we learn how to actually uh, use some effective tools for young people. But all those tools will come to nothing if you don't have a right relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. and an understanding of who you are and uh, and your dignity and your worth and your relationship with Christ. That's and that's the water that's got to um, that's got to water all the mm-hmm. seeds that you're planting with the young people and doing it from a place of love. Doing it from a place of love, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes, if I, if I have all these skills but have not love, I'm a, a noisy gong, yep. <laughs> a symbol. Yep. Yeah. Mm. In fact, I think that's partially what people see when people are drawn to our net, net teams, our net missionaries, because they see the way they love one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that they always love, not, lo- not that always loving one another is easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes work, mm-hmm. but the fruits are worth it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Such an amazing process. I've been through it three times, well, four times now. It's so good. Yeah, I think, especially like men's and women's session, very impactful time. Mm-hmm. Um, just learning your identity as who you are, like as a man or woman of God. It's a beautiful time. Yeah, for some, I'd say it's life changing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. No, I was man. a cradle Catholic and it was life changing for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you have a great, great family too. <laughs> I do. Hey, Dad. <laughs> um, so. There's a certain point in training you mentioned, like once you get down to the nitty gritty of like how to actually do it. Mm-hmm. And for somebody practical like me listening to the podcast, they're like, all right, these things are good. These higher concepts, but like getting down to like teaching people how to mm. do things. How do I, what's the best way to teach? And there's, there's a really cool part in training when we actually facilitate a net retreat as the net staff to the future net people, netters, mm-hmm. we call them. Um, and it's really cool. So like we're we're doing a retreat for them. We're showing them how to do it. Yes. So we're, like you were saying, being an example for them. Um, and like, yeah, I, I like how you, the direction you've been going with like not so much focusing on, like it can be really easy. I, I want to learn how to lead a small group, uh, play music, give a good talk, but not focusing so much on like having a solid foundation. I think mm-hmm. I just want to focus on that in this episode, like just a solid foundation in, in being a leader. Um, and after you've like done it 
showing them what being a leader is like, like in net training, putting on the retreat for them, then watching them do it. So like giving them the opportunity then to like lead you, hand the baton off to them and be like, all right, you're going to lead. I've shown you how to do it. I've walked with you. You're going to lead now. And then honestly, sometimes just letting them fail. Like you, mm. you, at a certain point, you mm. have to let go. You do. Yeah. And I'm sure you can speak to that experience a bit. Yeah. Well, we, we model it for them. We mm-hmm. put on that foundation. Then we we walk with them on their first ministry experiences, mm-hmm. and then we give them feedback on it. Uh, in fact, even the first the first experience, sometimes we'll have their supervisor may maybe give the talk or may lead the retreat with the team. Mm-hmm. So again, they're, they're they're walking hand in hand and seeing how it's done mm-hmm. and seeing what they do. And so then, they're not just getting thrown out and like, all right, guys, get in right. your van and drive away and put on a net retreat. You know? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No, I, I think at times we could probably do more of that. And I'd like to see more of that. Sometimes some people still feel like they're thrown out of the nest. You know, <laughs> sometimes they also have to realize that they have they have all they need. Mm-hmm. They just need to have confidence in themselves mm-hmm. and not be afraid to make mistakes, mm-hmm. like you had said. In fact, I, I think I told that to Julia when she first joined us. <laughs> if you recall, I said, you know, it's it's don't be afraid to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you are making mistakes. I don't. I don't want you to make fatal mistakes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I want you. You know, if you are making mistakes here and there, that's because you're you're so hungry at mm-hmm. trying to do. You're so passionate for what you're doing. You're going to make some mistakes. That's not the problem. What you need to do is we need to. That's the only way you can learn. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you walk through life trying not to make any mistakes, that's a mistake because mm-hmm. yeah. you're not going to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when the when we send them off. Um, you know, we do have constant monitoring, coaching, even on the phone every single week with the team leaders who are supervised mm-hmm. mentoring, mm-hmm. coming out and visiting them and observing them and helping them, uh, seeing how things should be mm-hmm. the whole year, really. Like we say, we have fall training is six weeks, but in essence, the whole year is training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in terms of what we can offer to, to youth ministers and how would you train them? Uh, a couple things I would say, like, I'm not really, I'm not joking. I'm half joking and half not, but I'd be like, uh, send them on net. Uh, I know of this one priest who had the second largest um, youth ministry in all of Southern California. And he used to come and say, we well, say, well, what's your secret? What's going on? How do you do it? He said, it's quite simple. I just make the entire, uh, my entire um, core team of young adults, youth volunteers, net alumni. <laughs> or I send them on net. <laughs> they're great to work with because they're not af- they, they're, they're not afraid. They know how to relate with young people. Mm-hmm. But honestly, um, if there are people that would like to maybe experience a bit of what net training is like, mm-hmm. talk to us. There might be a possibility maybe for a portion of training or something you could possibly audit and, and, and attend. That's one of the best ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, uh, okay, if you can't d- do that, I would focus on, first of all, on character. Have a retreat. Have a leadership retreat. Mm-hmm. Focus on those areas I first mentioned. Make sure they're found. It's not about, we're not going to spend this retreat on ministry skills. Uh, we'll do that later. That's mm-hmm. important, and we need to get to that. Mm-hmm. But actually develop character and the team. Mm-hmm. What is your relationship with the Lord like? You mm-hmm. know, so give them some time to develop a personal prayer. Making the space, like retreat, literally getting away from the regular. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And doing that, yeah. That's yeah, amazing. because we want our young people that are leaders for others. We want them to come from a place of you know, it, you can't give what you don't have. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to experience it yourself first. So give them that retreat time. Give them some time to grow as a team. If you need some help or resources, talk to us. We can mm-hmm. help you with some of that. You know, we can give you some suggestions in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many materials out there. There are so many resources for youth ministry, and there's wonderful resources. Why Disciples, fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. Youth Alpha is fantastic. There's just so many things out there. Mm-hmm. 
what we often see with net is, and what people often have an issue with is not a lack of resources. Um, actually, I think Pete Barak talked about this. Uh, he talked about the, uh, the importance of we don't necessarily need more arrows, as in resources. We've got lots of great arrows. What we need are archers, people that can shoot those arrows. Mm-hmm. We, need, we need the people mm-hmm. that can implement that. And really, that's what we focus on. So it's, it's not about programs. Um, it's about principles. Mm-hmm. So we look at the principles, how we form these young people. Now there's some programs or tools that we can use to assist them, but it's all about the individual person. Mm-hmm. So what you can do is I, I say more than anything, I, I know people want to learn more how do you be a better, more effective youth minister. Mm-hmm. There are definite skills you, you can learn. Um, there's a great book on speaking. Um, it's called Made to Stick. <laughs> you know? I've heard of it. But how do you make your messages stick? There are lots of tools you can use and lots of great things we, we can suggest and offer. Mm-hmm. But more important than anything else is are your leaders themselves growing in holiness? Mm-hmm. Are they taking personal prayer? Are they learning what that means? Mm-hmm. Start with character and then start with community building skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, before we end off the episode, I want to talk a little bit about the difference. Like, Say you have a network of, of leaders that you're growing in your youth ministry. Um, because you can't do it on your own, so it's it's nice to have the help. Um, there's this, <clears throat> the idea of like being dependent as a f- follower toward to to the leader. Mm. Um, what what is the difference between like we talk about this in net training? Mm-hmm. Because there's two leaders for every team, mm-hmm. uh, team leader like a male team leader and a female team leader, um, and we talk about like interdependence, dependence, and independence. Um, like, can you speak into that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. And there's different ways of talking about it. Um, Stephen Covey's classic book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, yeah. uh, he talks about the maturity continuum, mm-hmm. where we start from a state of dependence, where we're dependent on other people to validate our worth, who we are. We're constantly looking to other people to tell us who we are. So we're, we're dependent. And that's, that's, a, that's the start of, that's the beginning, that's immaturity. Mm-hmm. And then we want to move from dependence to independence. We realize, okay, knowing who I am, my choices I make aren't based on how what people think of me. Mm-hmm. I can I can actually move to that level of independence. You know, I can be proactive. Mm-hmm. Um, I can begin with the end in mind. You know, all these things that would lead us towards um, a place of independence. But then it doesn't stop there. Because once you get to that place where you're not dependent on other people for knowing your worth or who you are or your decisions... But then you realize, but we do need each other. We are wired for community. We need to work with people. So that's moving from independence then to interdependence. That's learning how to um, empathetically listen to one another, mm-hmm. you know, learning how to synergize, learning how to develop team um, team tools. You know, so I think overall that's, that's, that's the dependence to independence to interdependence. So we want people to develop confidence in who they are. You know, that's kind of moving to independence. Understanding your identity that your self-worth doesn't come from what people think of you, that you have a God who loves you Mm. regardless of what you can do, how funny you are, how many friends you have, Mm -hmm. even even all all your failures. God's love and your dignity does not depend on anything you can do. There's nothing you can do that will add or take away from God's love for you. It's just a free gift it's given. You understand that. That helps you move to a place of independence and allows you then to move into interdependence to work with other people when you work from a place of freedom in that area. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about on a leadership level, I mean, that's where leaders need to get to that place. 
But when you also talk about micromanaging or control, mm-hmm. um, it really it comes down to this. you can have you can have control, or you can have growth, but you can't have both. So as leaders, we may want to control every little thing. You know, I want I want everything approved by me. I want every me to see every little receipt, every little thing. I want to sign off on every little thing. But when you do that, you you stop growth. Mm-hmm. When you start to trust people. Now, I'm not talking about a blind trust. Now, there's another great book is The Speed of Trust. Mm-hmm. You know, you often, this is by Stephen Covey Jr. And he talks about what? the... <laughs> His son writes books too. Oh, yeah. He, he actually, he wrote a book called The uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. Oh. He talks about, he says, yeah, my dad wrote a great book, but it's boring. So I'm going to rewrite it. <laughs> but when he grew up, he also wrote a great book about trust. And he said The Speed of Trust. And that's the... Um, when it comes to the speed of trust, the best organizations, the fastest moving organizations are ones that high, have high levels of trust. Mm. The slowest and the least effective organizations are the ones that have low levels of trust and everything is managed and, mm. and micromanaged and, and there's a bureaucracy. So you want, to, you want to be able to trust your people, but it's not a blind trust. So there's, there's things you go towards in that there, there's like, um, I have to remember now what there's a little matrix he had in there that talked about competence versus and character. You need competence and character and that lends towards your trust of the person and growing mm-hmm. that. Uh, again, that could be a, there could be a whole teaching on that whole session there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll but, include that book in the show notes as well. But you do have to trust your people. Now mm-hmm. you have to form them properly so you can you can trust them confidently. Um, there is also another side to it. Patrick Lencioni talks about the difference between micromanagement and abdication management. And the two are problems. You don't want to be micromanaged because it feels like you, there's a lack of dignity. Dignity. You don't know, you don't, you don't feel trusted. You're always watched upon. You, you can't do, you can only go so far, as, as fast as they'll trust you. But then there's the opposite where the leader just kind of says, hands off. Okay, I trust you. I'm empowering you to do whatever you want to do, but gives them no direction, mm-hmm. no accountability, no guidance. In some ways, that's almost a worse problem this abdication management. So we want to find the healthy balance between the two. That's where I think stewardship delegation is, is a key. Mm. Stewardship delegation, just to give you a real quick summary of it. Actually, Stephen Covey Jr. again, um, <laughs> he's, he was a little boy in the story in The Seven Habits. Mm. Okay. But he talks about, they, they use the acronym Dr. Grack, but Dr. Grack, D-R, stands for desired results. That means if I'm going to give you a stewardship of something, Julia, and I want you to do this, I'm, I'm giving you authority and ownership of this project. I have to first make very clear to you what are the desired results. When I think things are, when it's done to excellence, I want to make that very clear to you. So I spell it out very clearly, spend mm-hmm. even more time. This is what done looks like. Mm-hmm. So that's the doctor part. The G in GRAC, G stands for guidelines. Now, I'm going to give you some guidelines. Now, I don't want to give too many because then I'm starting to take back stewardship. I'll give you too much. But I want to give you just enough because I've done this enough that, okay, want to watch out for this or this mm-hmm. so that you don't fail, you know, or run into like dangerous water. So I'll give you some, a few guidelines to help you. The R is for resources. So while you're doing this, I want to offer you, here's some resources that might help. Maybe there's some people resources. Maybe if I give you something to do with um, creating a video, I might say, well, Matthew is an expert on this. So mm-hmm. he's a great resource you can use. I might be a resource to you, but you have ownership mm-hmm. of the resources. Then A is accountability. So I want to set up an accounting with you. Okay, Julia, at certain points, at this point or this point, we'll touch base and you just update me on how things are going mm-hmm. so there's some accountability. And then C is consequences. So what are the consequences? If we agree to, okay, by this date, this is when this is going to be done. Um, what are the consequences, both natural um, or intended? 
You know, so if you don't get this done by this date and time, well, what are you prepared to do? Or the natural consequences might be if you don't get this done, that means our team can't leave on retreat or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And you, you know all of this before you start. If we go through all of that with you, then I feel like so confident I could just say, now I trust you, you have ownership of it, go to it, it's yours. So that's not just blind trust. Mm -hmm. That's actually going through a process that you can follow and I can, and you get take ownership of it. There's dignity in it and you learn from it. And then I don't have to explain it to you next time. And that's mm -hmm. how you expand on your leadership. That's cool. Yeah. What was the name of the model again? Uh, stewardship delegation. Okay. Um, sometimes people call it a win-win agreement. Okay. Uh, I call the acronym Dr. Grack. D-R-G-R-A-C. Okay. <laughs> Cool. That'll also be down in the show notes. I'm going to look back at that because <laughs> I need to learn how to do these things. Um, last question. And then just if you guys have anything else before we close, but how do I know if God is calling me to be a leader? Hmm. I think God calls everyone to influence, influence other people. So I think God will, God will, um, God wants us to grow in that at all times. For it, it, at the end of the day, we want everyone to come to know Christ and have a relationship with him. So in a sense, we are all leaders in different levels. Now, am I called to being a formal leader? Well, pray about it. When we ask our team leaders if they would like to be team leaders, we usually give them a weekend to sit and pray about it and talk to others about it. Um, but, you know, I think you have to look at the scenario, the circumstances. Is God calling you in this position, and what other circumstances in your life that may think, lead you to think you're called to be in this position, whatever it is. You know, if you're called to be a leader of an organization, if you are called to be a leader of a youth ministry, uh, there's a discernment process to go through. Mm -hmm. So, but am I called to be a leader? Well, I think we are all called to be leaders mm -hmm. in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally testify to like experiencing growing in leadership on net and that just like changed my paradigm of looking at what leadership was and it didn't seem like you know a big responsibility that I didn't want anymore it was like it was a positive thing so I think I had a conversion of mm -hmm. <laughs> a viewpoint towards leadership which is really awesome so well it's a great place to start mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. is there anything you have to share Julia Oh, just thanks to Garth for being here and, and just everything you've said. So good, so true, so beautiful. Um, I know I can attest to my time on NET as, as growing me as a as a leader and, and just some of the things you mentioned, Garth, in training with like conflict resolution and forming a habit of daily personal prayer. Those are things that have stuck with me and I hope will always stay with me. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just so awesome that you highlight that as like, such a champion and, and leadership yourself to to say it starts truly with your relationship with god mm -hmm. and and that's that's the the truth so mm -hmm. i love that thank yeah. you i would also add too that the sometimes the paradigm of what we think leaders are in the world mm -hmm. it's not necessarily what true leadership is mm -hmm. and we can often think that leaders are limited to the to these celebrity type personalities mm -hmm. that everybody just naturally loves and follows um and and if you're not that kind of personality if you're not somebody who likes being in the spotlight and mm -hmm. can like entertain a whole crowd or influence a whole crowd or get people moving mm -hmm. then you, you might think i'm not i'm not meant to be a leader that's not me mm -hmm. but that is the furthest thing from the truth mm -hmm. because anybody can grow in their leadership ability in fact there's another great resource called um a book called, by jim collins called good to great mm -hmm. where he examines you know what uh 
what makes good organizations become great organizations. And he has a lot of information in their analysis, but it's very solid. But a lot of some of the great organizations that made like the great, the area of great didn't come necessarily from these big celebrity type personalities. Sometimes it does. Um, some of them even seemed almost a little socially awkward, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, quiet, introverted, not all, because it could be anybody, mm -hmm. but they, there are certain characteristics that they had that allowed them to become the leader that led them into greatness. So just don't fall into that. Oftentimes those big personalities are great for founding something, starting something up, but they're not necessarily the person to lead it beyond that. Mm -hmm. So it, it depends on the person, but just don't limit yourself. Don't say that because I'm not that kind of personality type that I'm not meant mm -hmm. to be a leader. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I can be introverted and a leader? Absolutely. <laughs> and you can be extroverted and a leader. It's not a, neither is a requirement to be a leader. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that's a great place to end off. I think, yeah, there's a lot to glean from this episode. So <laughs> thank you for coming, Garth. Mm -hmm. You're welcome, yeah, Matthew. Thank you, Thanks, Julia. Would you, be, would you be okay with closing us off with a prayer? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Okay. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of leadership, especially your model of leadership. You are the ultimate leader and the true leader when we follow you. Everything we do, Lord, is for your glory. And I just pray, Lord, for all those out there, Lord, that are, that are leaders in some form of leadership capacity, that may be struggling, that don't know what to do, uh, feel inequipped, feel like maybe even an imposter, that maybe they don't, need, they don't deserve to be the leader. Lord, I pray that you would comfort their hearts, encourage them, that your Holy Spirit would guide them and give them the light of truth and recognize their identity it comes from you and their worth. Mm -hmm. And Lord, uh, we pray that we never would question that and that we can lead in confidence. And even if we make mistakes, Lord, that it does not change your love or our worth. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help all the leaders out there, Lord, um, and their impact, especially with evangelization and youth evangelization, that may come to know you better and better. I lift them all up to you, and I pray this in your holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Garth. Yeah, thank you, Matthew. Once again, to our listeners and viewers, if you would like to learn more about how you can get involved with Net Canada and this beautiful ministry, check us out at netcanada.ca or on social media at Net Canada. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. We will see you guys next time.